0: What's up, everybody? My name is Fernanda Sesto. I was born and raised in Uruguay, but I'm currently a senior at the University of Rochester in New York, and I'm very passionate about entrepreneurship, technology, and building things. I've been involved with the venture capital space since my freshman year of college, and I decided to create this podcast because I want to bring visibility to Latin America as an emerging market and help investors and just people who are interested in investing in the region to understand more about the ecosystem there. I will be interviewing investors and entrepreneurs, talking about their career, their experiences, trends, and everything related to ventures. In this episode, I talked with Ashley Aiden from VAMOS Ventures. Ashley is a principal at VAMOS Ventures, which is a venture capital fund investing in diverse teams in the earliest stages across health and wellness, commerce, fintech, future of work, and sustainability. She also founded an online community called Latina Venture Students that I'm part of, and that's how I met her. And she also worked in capital markets at Morgan Stanley. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Ashley. How are you? Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me today yeah of course i'm so excited to have you um i really admire your work with Bamos ventures and lvs what you have done so very happy to have you so if you could give us like a little intro about yourself and you know where you're from and what you've done so far absolutely i appreciate this initiative i think it's so important and uh
1: you know, uh, very much supportive of you building and scaling this and getting more voices in in this space. Uh, So I'm Ashley. Uh, I am a principal at at Vamos Ventures. Uh, Vamos Ventures is an early stage fund investing in Latinx and diverse founding teams. Uh, Diversity means a bunch of different things to us, pretty much any overlooked and underserved founder, but we do have a big bet on the Latino, Latina entrepreneur. um, And, and, Uh, You know, and population in in general. And so uh, we're doing about uh, 500k between 500k and $2 million checks. I personally cover health and wellness and fintech at the fund, but we also do a lot in future of work and sustainability. And we're in our fund one. We're a fifty million dollar fund. We're the new kids on the block, but we've already invested in twenty five different companies, and that's only growing. I'm happy to say that hundred percent of our portfolio is diverse. Um, north of eighty eight percent identifies as Latinx, um, and about forty plus percent as, as women. And so uh, we're, we're doing what we said we we're going to do. Uh, regarding my own background, I've had an interesting path to venture. So. I I started my career out at Morgan Stanley in capital markets, so learning all about public companies and what makes them tick and, you know, uh, how to be a a good, uh, you know, steward of of finances and investor interests. Uh, And so really got the storytelling aspect from that. And again, what makes a really good company? Uh, After that, I went to work for a YC e-commerce startup because during undergrad, and I went to undergrad at Brown University, I was very, very involved in sort of the entrepreneurship and startup and venture ecosystems, um, launching an organization called Lady Launchers there on on female founders, um, leading the Brown Entrepreneurship Program. And so after a few years of work in Stanley, I said to myself, well, I really want to find out what really goes on at a, uh, you know, early stage startup. And it was night and day from Morgan Stanley to the startup. The startup was called shopteeks.com. It was a YC backed startup and it is a YC backed startup uh, focused on building digital storefronts for boutiques. And so got the e-commerce marketplaces stuff down, did everything there from business strategy to sales, being on the phones, trying to get stores to, to buy our product. And then after that did a few different Consumer meets technology type strategy roles at uh, Saks Fifth Avenue and Estee Lauder. So things like buy online, pickup up in store. Uh, you know, virtual beauty or virtual try on. All these cool initiatives and investment in technology, where you know we're trying to improve the shopping experience for consumers. And then went to business school, and that's when I really transitioned to the venture space. I worked at a few different funds. Storm Room Fund, Founders Factory, Brand Foundry Ventures, and now most recently, Vamos Ventures, um, where, uh, as I mentioned, I I have those different um, coverage areas, but pretty much like the theme throughout my career has been consumer. What makes consumer experiences sticky? Uh, You know, what are in sort of the consumer interests? How do we build products and or solutions that really speak to certain consumers? And whether you think about it from a healthcare perspective or fintech perspective or whatnot... Um, you know, there are a bunch of experiences, consumer experiences that you do need to make better, particularly for, for example, the Latinx community with healthcare. Um, And I'm only mentioning this because it's relevant to what I focus on, but, you know, a a doctor's visit, right? Um, Is there a way to make that doctor's visit more culturally competent and more understanding of someone with a background um, that, you know, maybe isn't always prioritized,
0: yeah, that's super interesting. I like what um, that you're focusing on on what you're um you know passionate about and also really like what you just brought up um, at the end of like prioritizing the consumer and making sure that we're building products that are really like speaking to these consumers and also making an impact in these communities. Um, I really like that. So definitely you had a lot of experience um, that clearly like led to your role at um, Bamos Ventures. So could you tell me more about what drives you to invest in diverse founders specifically?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the Latino population in the United States is gonna be about 30 plus percent um, in, in just a few years. And so um, we think that no one's really paying attention to this, it's, it's significant. Um, Latinos are gonna be 50 plus percent of that population growth, right? And so um, it's, it's huge. And we're seeing more and more diverse founders come into this space, and you know, not build traditional businesses in the sense of you know, traditionally it was a lot of consumer businesses or like mom and pop shops, for example. Now, what's wonderful is they're starting to build more technology enabled, scalable companies. Um, And so, Vamos Ventures is on a mission to start investing in in these companies, and we we have, um, and really putting bigger dollars and bigger investment stakes into founders that we truly believe will shape these different experiences for, you know, underserved and overlooked populations. We have invested in um, mega health as an example. Uh, you know, heart health issues are prevalent in Black and Brown communities. And so how do we um, fix that problem and make heart health more engaging, um, make it more gamified, make it more uh, uh, enjoyable experience to stay on top of your heart health issues, or even prevent heart health issues. Um, and, you know, ease, ease some of those stats and numbers with black and brown communities. Um, you know, there, there's another example with sumo wealth. Sumo wealth is a financial um, technology company and platform that really pushes sort of media first and then financial solutions next um, to the latino um, population and educating them on things like 401k's and crypto and and so um, and focus is really on the younger generation right and so you know how do we capture that young generation of of black and brown folks and educate them so that they can create wealth Um, in in years to come. And so these are the different themes that that we're focused on. And, uh, you know, that mission's core to everything that we do. So we're following the population trends. um, We're following, you know, just general trends in the market. And we truly do believe that venture scalable companies can be created by Latinos, Latinas, and other diverse founders. We truly do believe that. Um, And that is the core to everything that we do.
0: Yeah, I found that pretty interesting because um, what I've been, mean, you know, with this episode and the podcast, I've been learning a lot from the perspective um, of different investors in LATAM. And they all kind of said that in Latin America, I know you're mentioning the U.S. specifically because I know that's the area that Vamos am most interested in, but in LATAM, you know, the opportunities are where the, their basic needs, like they're not covered. And that's where the opportunity is like from... Um, business perspective are. And it's interesting yeah. to hear how in the U.S. that's similar. Um, but if you look at the Latino communities, there are a lot of basic problems and basic needs that are not solved yet. Um, and that's where the op- business opportunity as well is. So I like that because I also kind of focus and aligns with um, impact investing or like trying to like also take into account the social um, aspect of like what this startups are doing, but also the, the profitability of uh, the investments as well so that I, I find that pretty interesting how there's a, a similarity between even though like they are in the us it's kind of similar to how the situation is in latem
1: Sim- similar problems i mean one example is like empowering you know small and medium business businesses to have you know better accessibility to financial tools to really build and scale their business it's a problem in in Latam. it's also a problem here uh, in the US, a lot of small business owners identify as, you know, Latino. And so how do we get them these tools, again, to really build and scale their businesses uh, and help them help them grow generally?
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, okay, so, you know, talking about investing in, in Latinx and Latin communities. So what are some of the unique challenges you see uh, Latinx founders experience in the United States?
1: Definitely access to capital and education around capital. A lot of founders are building companies that, you know, could potentially be big, big companies, but they just don't know how to raise sort of venture dollars. They don't have the networks to reach out to venture investors or get in front of venture investors. Um, And so I think it's more education around, hey, like this venture path is actually a really viable path and will really accelerate your company and sort of change the landscape for your company. Um, and here are some investors to, to reach out to or to you know try to connect with. So it's the access and education problem. And, and by the way, not all companies need venture dollars. Uh, I think you can also successfully grow your business without venture dollars. But I'm saying that there are some companies that, you know, venture dollars do make sense for but they just don't know about that or have the right networks and connections to reach that channel. Um, The other thing is... You know, thinking about, and this is my point earlier, industries outside of sort of the traditional like mom and pop, um, you know, let's say CPG, not that there's anything wrong with that. They're wonderful, healthy businesses, especially as you keep it in the family and grow them. Um, but it's getting them in more, you know, getting our population and our community in more technical roles um, and having sort of that training to be able to build, you know, SaaS products and solutions and other types of technologies that are really, really game-changing. You know, there's a, a much needed representation of Black and Brown folks in, you know, engineering roles, as an example, right? If we can sort of educate um, the Latino population about engineering opportunities. They go on and work at the big tech companies and then they're like, wait, you know, I see a lot of inefficiencies and in not only my own life experience, but maybe it's something at work and I can go build around this, You know, all, all the more better. Um, so I think it's those two things. The other thing too on the venture and startup side, and I, I can speak for myself and my experience, when I was growing up, I didn't even know venture capital was a thing. I only had to learn about that through, uh, you know, my undergrad stuff and just talking to mentors and people to really find that this world's out there. And so I think, um, you know, going at the, or trying to, um, inform our population of some of these career opportunities and trajectories very, very early on could potentially, you know, yield a lot of great outcomes.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. I, um definitely see how, you know, having, not having a um, enough representation in STEM and, and engineering roles in particular could also, you know, like impact the um, startup founders that we have. Um, and also, you know, in VC itself, like the lack of education um, in the community. It's like, it's a huge problem, I think. Absolutely. It's also in Latin America. It's also like in the um, Linux community in the US um, and the, also like all like the POC communities in general, uh, I would say. Absolutely. And, and by the
1: way, there have been such
0: amazing initiatives
1: popping up to really speak to, you know, not only Latino population, the Latino population um, and, and those founders, but also just every sort of overlooked and underserved um, type of founder. So like Visible Hands is a wonderful accelerator, right? That has that initiative and really provides that platform and training for um, these, these founders. Google for Startups just started a yeah. Latino fund, I think so amazing that again provides not only funding, but a full-on platform for these companies to have. You know, um, uh, step up in in mm-hmm. building and scaling our companies, and so we need more of that, and sort of more strategics, and not only investors but corporates and other types of folks around the room to really get some of this movement going. Yeah,
0: yeah, I love that. Um, been definitely tracking the funds who, um, are invested in, in Latinx communities, um, so. This podcast, you know, is very much focused on investors and uh, founders that are based in Latin America, but I'm very curious to hear about what your thoughts are on, you know, commonalities and differences that you see between founders based in uh, Latam and Latin American founders based in the U.S.
1: Yeah, I think bottom line, there's opportunity, a lot of opportunity in both. (laughs) It's, you know, all the funding that's gone into LATAM and all of the amazing innovations that have happened, um, again, across different verticals, but especially in like fintech and and health and some of these areas is fascinating. And so I think the commonality is there's both a lot of opportunity in LATAM and in the U S with companies that are popping up with founders that have, you know, come from really great backgrounds and overlooked backgrounds um, and have really built and scaled, you know, unicorn type businesses. I think, you know, in, in terms of, of the differences I do, you know, what I find is, and I think this was sort of a, an interesting, Uh, you know, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say problem, but an interesting situation where a lot of the founders in Latam who have raised a lot of money, typically, I'm not saying everyone typically come from, you know, backgrounds of really great schools, they have all the networks and resources, um, and they have sort of the backing and community around them, right? Um, Or just know the right people. I think still for US based Latinos, although that could be the case too, for some folks, Uh, A lot of them don't, don't necessarily um, have that and sort of have to, um, you know, find a way, find a way to the top. Um, But I will say that, you know, to our point earlier is that whatever companies are raising a a bunch of money uh, and who are really building and scaling, clearly they're targeting uh, real problems, whether it's in Lam, whether it's, you know, in the United States. Um, and whether it's focused on the Latino population, right? And so it's wonderful to see a lot of movement. I do think that there's sort of a difference in in resources for, for founders. Um, but listen, I'm all for moving ahead and having more Latinos and Latinas raising a bunch of money, supporting each other. And that doesn't have to necessarily be on the um, you know capital side, but hey, like I raise a bunch of money, here's how you could do it too. Or, you know, I know this person at this fund. Um, why don't you have uh, a talk with him or her uh, to, you know, see what their uh, investment criteria is for, for a potential investment, things like that. I think we all need to sort of come together that this way we can all move forward together.
0: Yeah, that's a very interesting observation, actually. Um, really haven't thought about that. But it's true. I mean, maybe in Latin America, you know, it's like, Um, When you have certain resources and certain access to to networks, um, you know it's that's like the people who usually see, you know, like raising capital and having these big startups in the region. Uh, But then the U.S. I think it's a good thing about the U.S. that it's um, sometimes when you come from a maybe like more um, um, you know underprivileged like background then you can still get to that point since there are all these funds that are already targeting you if you have a good product and, and brand and stuff. So I think that's, that's a very interesting observation, Ashley. I really appreciate that. Um, so what is some advice that you would give a Latin American-based founder when trying to pitch U.S.-based investors?
1: I think... Um, You know, I think just knowing the landscape here in the United States, and if you are sort of based in and that's where the primary business model is talking through, well, how does this model work in the US, right? And just that awareness around the differences in sort of landscapes and friction points and hurdles that you'll have to get over. Um, I also think that a lot of investors, clearly, especially global investors, think there's still a lot of opportunity in LATAM and there is. And so I think pitching sort of that big vision of, um, hey, you know, I I know that you might not have this much exposure to LATAM, but we truly are. You know, uh, a game-changing company in this space, and so let me educate you on what's going in uh, inside of sort of LATAM, or you know, let me educate you on sort of the general LATAM landscape and why we're differentiated. So I, I still think there's some education. Um, I also think that there is opportunity to let investors know that your business model is sort of transferable, but keeping in mind sort of the geographic nuances and uh, and cultural nuances and, and whatnot is important. And then, lastly, um, you know whether you're based in Len Am or not. Really, a successful fundraising store uh, fundraising journey always involves a really good story. And as much as you can uh, humanize the problem and storytell around the problem in the way that no matter what the investor's background, they're going to say wow, like I have a friend who's been through that, or I run a company that has been through that, or, you know, I basically have experienced this problem in some way, shape or form that I know it's a real problem and it's a big problem. So I always tell founders, you know, storytell and and humanize the problem. And I think that's what makes a really
0: successful pitch. Awesome. Great advice. I'm sure people who are listening would appreciate that. Um, So, you know, I always ask these two questions um, at the end of the episode um, to every Guest. So do you have any hot takes about ventures and if you have any piece of advice that you would give, you know, college students or young investors trying to get into VC? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I, I think that, listen, there's a lot of problems still in venture capital with <laughs> diversification and, you know, uh, bringing more folks of color into this space. Um, I think we have to hustle 10 times more than the traditional candidate. So I often tell people like, do the job before you get the job. That's sort of my, my one-liner. And what that means is if you have a lived experience that you're really passionate about, um, you know, or an area that you're passionate about, let's just take health and wellness as an example, cause that's what I love. Um, where, you know, I've experienced, uh, you know, not only in my family, but in, you know, my extended family and my friends, different health experiences that maybe aren't, um, similar to right the traditional population and so how do i take that and then morph it into sort of an investment thesis where we're going to invest in companies that really only focus on sort of this cultural competency piece right um same thing with any of the other verticals whether it's you know uh future of work or sustainability i think have a view leverage your lived experience and or work experience or something that you're passionate about and just go all out on it like write on it post on social about it you could use twitter you could use linkedin you could use any platform that you feel comfortable there's no right or wrong here but i would say have a view as to where the world's going and you'll start getting followers and momentum and then also talk to as many founders as possible and get to know them, get to know what they're building. If you're interested in sustainability, get try to get to know all the early stage sustainability companies at different universities, in different geographic ecosystems. And I think talking to more founders will make you more knowledgeable of the space and, and what people are building. And this way you can then, when you're looking for a venture startup job, come to that venture startup uh, job interview and say, you know, I know this person, I wrote about this problem. Uh, I think this company is like really interesting to invest in that fits your thesis at this fund. Um, And it pretty much shows that you already have the networks and you've already uh, have been doing the work to bring a really great founder and really great investor.
0: Awesome. That's great advice. Thank you so much, Ashley. Um, I had a great time talking to you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I had an amazing time talking with Ashley. I think the conversation was very interesting and we definitely touched some very um, important points that I feel like people should talk about more. I hope you enjoyed this episode and come back for more.